Hey guys, Sklar Brothers here with Daniel Van Kirk. I am here. And our guest on the show is our favorite murderer because she murders this episode. Karen Kilgariff, thanks for joining. It was my pleasure. What a joy. We talk about We talk about swords. Oh, yeah. Uh, sword uh, stores. Sword yeah. stores. A guy who might have deserved to get attacked. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying he did, but he might have. He's an E... <laughs> Ethlete. Yeah. He's an, an E-athlete. E-athlete. That's Everybody. all you need to know. That's all you need right. to know. Talk about Claudia tiny, and her life changes. Tiny Sasquatches. <laughs> tiny Sasquatches. And the Sheboygan Clogger. Which, you, yeah, we you, need the town's help on that one. This is it. It is Sword Stores, Tiny Sasquatches, <laughs> and the Sheboygan Clogger with Karen Kilgariff. You have to listen to this week's episode of Dumb People Town. It's the Starburns Industries Tape of the Month Club. 12 original cassette tapes delivered to your door. Each month, you'll receive a crisp new cassette tape of auditory delights made by some of the most funky and creative artists around. Featuring Dino Stamatopoulos, Natalie Palamides, Johnny Pemberton, Dan Harmon, future ladies of wrestling, Alan Resnick and Dina Kalberman, Dynasty Handbag, Jeff B. Davis, Rob Schraub, Lance Bangs, DJ Doug Pound, Cron, Open Mike Eagle, Ron Lynch, and on and on and on. Subscribe now. $13 gets you a crisp, unique tape in the mail each month. For $20, you receive a portable cassette player so you can listen to your tapes on the go. Here's how to order. For credit card customers, please call 747-888-0945. That's 747-888-0945. Or save COD charges and log onto the World Wide Web at d.rip forward slash sbi dash press. It's a good deal. You know what time it is, don't you? That's right. It's Drinky Fun Time, where we drink booze with some of the most interesting people at the coolest places around. So grab a drink, chill out, and enjoy the show. I am enjoying the show already. I really am. Uh, We are coming to you today, Drinky Fun Time, uh, from... Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky, at the Bourbon and Beyond Festival. I'm Dan Dunn. She's Emma Patterson. I am. Hello. This is a big deal. It's a big deal because this is the very first Bourbon and Beyond Festival in Louisville, which took me a second to learn. It's not Louisville. Don't no. say that. Louisville. It's Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. Kentucky. It's- and it's a scorcher of a day. It is You're a scorcher sweating, of a day. You have these pearly drops all over your brow. I'm, oh, I'm so hot. And uh, but you know, it's it's also because I'm excited. I get I sweat when I get excited. And uh, this festival is a two day thing. There's all the bourbon you could possibly drink in the world, uh, and there's a little bit of music going on here. Oh, a uh, little bit. Yes, Stevie Nicks, Steve Miller Band, Eddie Vedder, Buddy Guy just got done playing when we were here right now. Uh, a well, host of big names. I, I don't Robinson. like to make people feel jealous. And that's I do. Because, well, I'm not making them feel jealous. I'm letting them know that they need to get here next year because this is a serious festival. And uh, we mentioned the whiskey, hence the bourbon part of it. And I don't know in the bourbon world that there is anyone bigger, more important in my mind, than the man that is sitting here with us. Uh, he is the current master distiller of a brand of bourbon that I think is fairly well known <laughs> out even outside of this galaxy. Uh, it's called Jim Beam, and the man sitting with us right now is Mr. Fred No. Hello, Mr. Fred No. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. Fred. 
<laughs> I knew your name, but now I can put a face to the name, and that's a real honor. Thank you. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. It is good to see you again. No, it's uh, always good. Always good. You're on my turf. Yeah, that's right. I finally got got over here, right? <laughs> Sorry it's so hot, you know, but it's just... It's okay. So, Fred, tell us, you are the master distiller mm -hmm. at Jim Beam. You are the great-great-grandson of Jim Beam One himself. great. One great. Great-grandson of Jim Beam himself. Right. The son of the legendary Booker No, yep. who was, uh, you know, Booker's bourbon. Right. I mean, just another legend in the business. And now here you are. I'm right here riding it out, yep. How's it feel, man? It's great. It's yeah. great. I'm seventh generation of Beams to be involved Seven. in the business. Seventh. Seventh. Yes, seventh generation. Oh, it's bananas, and isn't my, it? My son, Freddie, is with me. He's over there doing a... Tasting for a couple of artists. He's the eighth generation. Wow. And he's uh, he's going to pick up right where I leave off. Well, you're, you got a good another 30, 40 years left in you, though, right? 30, 40? I don't know. I had a pretty rough 30 so far. <laughs> <laughs> I rode pretty hard when I was younger, so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> when you were younger? Yeah. I think I've been out with you recently oh, when yeah. you've been riding pretty oh, yeah. hard. No? I turned 60 this year. When you turn 60, things tend to, tend to slow down just a little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit. Uh, talk about what it's like to be sort of the global brand ambassador for, I mean, Beam, Beam is the biggest selling uh, bourbon in the world, yeah? Yes, sir. And yes, sir. Uh, so you're you're the face of the brand. I mean, you. I've seen you in, in New Orleans. I've, whenever right. there's a big Beam event, you're going. That means I get, to go to, I get to go to a lot of fun stuff. But does it get yeah. tiring for you? Oh, no. I love talking to the people about the bourbon, enjoying a cocktail with folks around the world. I get to travel the world. I never dreamed growing up in Bardstown, Kentucky, that I would, that I would ever set foot in Russia or even Europe, for that matter. Have you had any kind of skin-pinching moments of, is this really happening? Well, when I first got off the plane in St. Petersburg, Russia, yeah, it kind of, you know, I said, what am I doing in Russia, man? I it's, know. It's are they going to drink bourbon? But they loved it. It was uh, They did. You had a, a good time, time over there. Yeah, I had a great time. What are we drinking right now, by the way? Speaking of drinking bourbon, I got something in front of me. What, what is this we're, here? We got our Jim Beam Black, which Ooh. is uh, was voted the world's best bourbon last year. Congratulations. Is, I'm about you. to try this. Tell, tell us about it, Fred. What this do we get? This is a six-year taste profile. Mm. So, you know, and it's 86 proof, 43%. How do you drink yours? How do you drink yours? I do yours? it with when a little water and ice. A little water and ice. That's a day like today, this is uh, this is very tasty. I think one of the – we you and I spoke a few months back when you came out to Los Angeles, and, uh, and, I, and I, you know, I want to say – when we talked then, you were talking about your mother who then passed, and I want to say I'm really sorry about that. Well, thank you. And, thank uh, you. But you said she took it She took it with the ginger ale. The ginger ale, yes, and sir. And nobody was going to tell her any no, different. You know, no. right? That's no. She dragged it for how many years no. with ginger? Pretty much all her life. She'd all be 84 life. years old. And she, uh, nobody was no. going to tell father her. My father never gave her any grief. That's for no. So we have your grandmother. No, his, your mother. Your mother. 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 Thank for the fact that I've had. And my grandmother, she enjoyed bourbon, too. Everybody enjoys bourbon They're in our family. They're a great combination, whiskey and ginger. Yep. 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 Yeah. And, I mean, I always tell people, drink it any damn way you want to. Yeah. Yeah. You want to mix it with ginger ale, fine. You want to mix it with water, fine. Cocktails, you want to drink it out of the bottle. That's happened. Whatever, you know. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you there's a proper way to drink bourbon. There's not. There's not. Any way you want. We don't like rules. Now, Fred, your dad told me once upon a time about a thing called the bust head. What's the bust head? But can you, can you well, let us know what the bust head is? Well, I'm sure everybody's had the bust head at some point in time. Yeah. If you get a little too much bourbon, yeah. the next morning when you can take your pulse by looking at your watch <laughs> and your head, you can feel your every time your heart beats. The head drops. That's the bust head. I feel like we're both going to have bust head tomorrow. <laughs> well, at least you know you're alive. So that's the thing. When you feel that heart beating. I am just really fascinated about this. Why do you think it is that women have become such huge fans of bourbon in recent years? Really, really recent years where 
it is just the, the something that they are not afraid of and well, that they are so happy to, to drink a lot of. I think they've discovered the versatility of bourbon. And, you know, we've got lighter bourbons, heavier bourbons. And, you know, they've just discovered it. A nice cocktail with bourbon is just as tasty, a lot tastier than, say, a clear liquid yeah. cocktail. So we can probably thank the growth of the, the cocktail. It's a really having a Oh, that and I think education. Yeah. You know, people, ladies coming to tasting events mm. and giving bourbon a try and really seeing it's not about a shot. You sip it. You savor it. You enjoy it. Yeah. And, you know, maybe cut it with a little water or, like mom, with a little ginger ale. Mm. And I think the girls are just seeing it. Hey, this is uh, just as much fun. And to be honest, I think some girls like to walk up to the bar and order a bourbon. It's a cool thing. It, right? it's, it's a, a sexy <laughs> image, isn't it? it? It'll turn my head when I hear especially a lady with your accent. I, <laughs> I'll heard try. You I will try. I mean, it's a free country. Drink whatever you like. And yeah, I was going to ask you that. Education. You, you know? drink anything other than, than whiskey? Oh, yeah. yeah what, I, do you, I you like around. gin? You, you gin guy at I all? I drink a little. Uh, we've acquired a... A gin company, Sipsmith. Oh, Sipsmith. Yeah, Sam. Sam is right. And, right. The, yeah. And the I, got, yep. I got a tour of their distillery, and they gave me quite a bit, a couple of bottles. So you like a gin, you drink a good gin I and tonic, maybe yep. sit on the, oh, yeah. uh, day like the, on day. the porch. Yep. yep. You, know, you keep inviting me right. to come hang come out at the on. house. And I, every time I, one of these days, Show gonna, up. but I think if I sit on your porch, we're going to be drinking whiskey. We probably will. And what about other bourbons? Oh yeah, I love to taste what other people are doing. That's the thing about the bourbon industry. We really are friends. Everybody gets along. I mean, it's not like. We just had the bourbon festival last week in Barstown. Yeah. And Jimmy Russell from Wild Turkey came to my house for a party. Yeah. Uh, Greg Davis from Maker's Mark was there. We did a show with Bruce. Bruce, Bruce uh, Eddie, Eddie's kid. Yeah, that's good. And he yeah. was great, man. And he was talking about that sense of community we, that you guys have. This is a moment. Fred, can I, can, I, can I raise a glass here to you? Yes, sir. To Jim Beam. Yes. To, the, to, to Booker, your old man who I also met. Love that guy. Cheers. Cheers. To you and this cocktail. Cheers. Emma, Cheers, Emma, producer Bo over there, who's Bo. but I, producer Bo is caked in sweat right now. Look at him; he's, he's covered in equipment, and we made him wear a we made him wear a blanket just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we let you go, any any new any new surprises coming from Beam? In the oh, yeah. What do you my, got? What do you got coming up for my us? My son has a product. breaking news. Can we do some breaking news? Breaking news from the Drinky Fun Time News Desk. Here's whoever's filling in for Emma Patterson with booze news. Well, we. We have a product coming out, and I'm very proud of it because it's my son, Freddie, has uh, made a Class A blend, which he's taken straight whiskeys, corn whiskey, rye whiskey, malt whiskey, and Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey and blended them together and created a product called Little Book that is coming out October 1st. Uh, wow. It is bottled straight from the barrel, just like his grandfather Booker did Booker's bourbon, uh, and Freddie named it Little Book because that's what my father called him. You'll be seeing it on shelves. It's a limited release. It comes out once a year. Every year, Freddie is going to make a new blend. Little book. Little book. And I like that. That's our latest Cute. and greatest. You heard thing. it here first, even right. though this show will probably air after October 1st. But you still heard it here right. first. If you think you heard it somewhere else, you're wrong. You're wrong. Right. I, I cannot tell you how good it is to see you, man. Every time I see you. You look, look, you look younger. Look at you. Look at you. What, what's the secret? Uh, is, it, is it whiskey? Is it bourbon? Is it Jim I'm Beam? I'm going to say that, but is that the secret? I think you need glasses. Well, listen, I again, Fred No, uh, the master distiller of Jim Beam. Em and I are so happy thank that you, you. came. Oh, thank and you hung guys out with for having me. And, and, and uh, here at Bourbon and Beyond. And there's going to be a lot more. We're going to have some uh, drinking more Beam a little bit later in the show and talking to some other interesting people. Fred No. Thank you. Thank you.
songs was a was a real pleasure for me and, and recording them was an amazing experience but absolutely nothing prepared me for being able to play these songs in front of an audience like you all so god bless you thank you so so much uh, we don't have a whole lot of time to play up here so i want to take advantage of it as much as we can i know it is a sunday i know it's a bit early but i want to be able to say i had a drink with all of you so yeah. you got a bottle a couple of glass in your hand so with us right now, here at Bourbon and Beyond, the one and only, Kiefer Sutherland. That's you very generous. How are you, man? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? You just got off stage and killed it. Well, thank you. An awesome set with your band. Well, thank you very much. I, I, it, you played early in the day, but it was about as crowded as I've seen up there, man. People were loving it. How well, did you that's feel? Very, that's very nice. And then what a great audience. And, and what a, it, you know, it's a nice thing to be able to start out what is going to be a really beautiful day of music. And, and yeah, we're just thrilled to be here. See, that was what... I was most shocked about was the fact that you seemed as grateful and happy to be up there as we all were to see you up there. And I suddenly had this moment where I thought, here's a guy who has excelled in a field that most people will never reach ever in their existence. And you're approaching this, what we've just seen, music, in a way where you almost feel like really lucky to be there, but you're fantastic. Well, I am. If you think of, I mean, we can all go through the bands that we know about and how many phenomenal bands in every genre of music there are. Then you try to imagine how many amazing bands are out there that we haven't even heard of yet. So to be given an opportunity by an audience, by a festival, yeah, it's an absolute privilege and an opportunity for us. And, and uh, you know, the great common denominator for me between acting and music is telling stories. Anybody give me a chance to do that. I'll be sitting visit with you for a while. I would say it's a rare thing, isn't it, to find a second thing that you were so passionate about in, in one lifetime. And no, there are a couple girls out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are, ladies. Come on the show. Uh, but now, does it feel like you have a double life? No. No, again, the, the common denominator is storytelling. Uh, 
The only difference is I get to travel with my band, which are great, great friends of mine, and we get to get out of town before too much trouble starts. And so we, <laughs> oh. so that seems to work out for all of us. Um, but no, again, it really is. Look, I'm, no one's going to ever confuse me with. Whitney Houston with or, Kevin Bacon or well no I get confused by <laughs> I'm joking because you said that all the time you were in that film Footloose that's oh. right no sir that wasn't me you know what your you know what your error was if you just stayed blonde yeah well man time took care of that <laughs> when you uh, what was the art it was Down in a Hole your first mm-hmm. record uh, came out last year mm-hmm. when did that idea first start to percolate in your head to do the record to do the record I had no idea to do the record uh, I had about 25 songs and I took them up to a great friend of mine Jude Cole and I wanted to get a publishing deal with either Sony or BMI or uh, and, and someone that was going to actually work that deal and try and get those songs out to other artists uh Quite pretty self-conscious about my voice, and 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 also actors doing music. There's a horrific stigma to that. And we did a couple songs, and and he really liked them. The guy who produced the record, Jude Cole's best friend for almost 30 years. And he asked me if I wanted to make keep them and make a record, and I said absolutely not. And he was smart enough to kind of take me to a bar, and we had a few drinks, and it sounded like a better idea. <laughs> so we agreed to do about five more. And it was about the fifth or sixth song on a record that I actually just really like my songs. And I am finally got to an age where if someone's going to say something nasty about it, I'm old enough and tough enough to deal with it. Well, the other thing, though, is it wasn't like this was just something you just stumbled upon. You've been in the music business. You had your own record label. Yeah, which should have taught me not to do this at all. Oh. Way back in the day. Yeah. We beg to differ. Yeah, and uh, actually we... But I'd been writing for years and years, and and, uh, and so, again, I wanted other artists to do the record, and at some point I did decide myself uh, that I wanted to go forward with making... A record, and we're in the middle of the second one. And I'll be grateful to Jude as my friend forever because I wasn't lying up there. The making of the record was great. The writing of the record's been an amazing experience. But playing in front of a crowd, and I don't care if it's ten people, you get an opportunity to share those stories that are personal. And I'm grateful that you showed up. I have to say one thing. Last night, Eddie Vedder was here. He took a sip of whiskey on stage, uh-huh. and. Couldn't handle it. Spit it out. Eddie, you didn't have that problem. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> you trumped Eddie Vedder on this. Well, no. It, <laughs> it was later in the day for Eddie, wasn't it? That will not be my mom's proudest moment. But, I have uh, a fabulous photo of you on stage just raising your glass of bourbon. Well, for me, it's it's the easiest way to express to a large group of people, A, you're even, yeah. and, and gratitude. Uh, the origin of the toast is uh, one king going to another king's place after everybody was poisoned. <laughs> and the one king saying, here, take my drink so you don't have to worry about getting killed. And he pushed the drink back and said, no, I trust you. Yeah. Ah. And so that's my way of doing that with them. Well, thank you for that. We're also, and we want to also say there's someone else out there who's really grateful. Her name's Suzanne Santos. We had the very, we were very lucky to get her Suzanne on this Suzanne from Honey, Honey. Oh, fantastic. She was a guest. And she I'm deaf in this year, I'm sorry. Ah. Suzanne's one of the most amazing singers I've ever had the pleasure of working with. Uh, when we were working with her, she was the only singer that I've ever seen in the seven or eight albums that we made with Ironworks as a studio that would come in and do one-take vocals from beginning to end. 
And that was it. There, wow. there was no trying to cut two pieces together or anything like that. Yeah. And a, and a phenomenal songwriter and a crazy lady. She was very grateful. We had her on the show and she talked about you saw her and it was immediately recognized. It. Now, that was the yeah. first band you signed, right? The no, label? She, yeah, absolutely yeah. amazing. Well, there was a few people involved with that, but I, I'll take some of the credit. Ah. <laughs> no, she only spoke highly of you, honestly. Well, and the video. Amazing, amazing was artist. Fantastic. And yeah, Little Toy Gun was a video that I still think is, is probably my favorite video yeah. that I ever made. Really I still, her new record, we love too, but Little Toy Gun, that was the, that was where you know they came to the public consciousness. Well, you know what she wrote that about, right? No, what was it about? It wasn't a gun. Ooh, ooh, who is he? Do you tell? (laughs) Tell us. Just listen to the lyric real close. (laughs) If it was a gun, it vibrated. (laughs) Now I get it. Okay, she's a smart girl. Keeper, one other question about your set tonight. You chose to do one cover, and I love that you introduced you. you, you, Very humble, you said, look, you come out here, you hear a bunch of songs you don't know, which I bet a lot of people do know your songs, but then you chose to do Honey Bee by Tom Petty. Is there a personal connection there? Are you friends with Tom Petty? Uh, just it's just a, a hero of yours. Song. Or? Tom Petty is. I, I think uh, personally, and I, and I don't project this on anybody else, but he's my favorite songwriter. Uh, I don't think he's ever written a bad lyric. Uh, he manages to go from a song like Refugee to Louisiana Rain to Southern Accents. Uh, I just think he's a badass songwriter, and, and I. Uh, I idolize him, and, and uh, if there was anything, and I'm certainly never saying that's going to happen, but it's important to always have something to aspire to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I could ever write a song as good as what I think Honey Bee is, I'd probably be done and go on to something else. Oh, wow. You're a big inspiration to so many people, but how, what is the response from other fellow actors who are trying to get into the music industry or are already in it? I haven't really talked to anybody about that. Uh, I haven't. I mean, Kevin, Kevin Bacon and I have been friends for 30 years. We did Flatliners together, A Few Good Men. Uh, I remember when his kids were born. Uh, I run into him. We don't even really talk about music. It's just really how you're doing and how's it's because time's so short. Uh, so I, I really haven't discussed it very much with anybody and, and subsequently haven't really discussed it with any musicians either. Could you ever collaborate with Kevin and his brother? I mean, that's, it's an, that's kind of an arbitrary question. If there was an idea that he had and, or I had and that we felt that the other person would be right for that, yeah. I'm not, I'm not opposed or closed off to anything. I mean, Flatliners, they're just, re, you know, they're renewing it. Uh, sorry, uh, re, remaking it. Remaking How do you it. feel about that, by the way? Well, I did a part in it. So ah. uh, oh, Michael Douglas produced that and called me up and asked me if I would do a small thing to kind of connect the two films together. And I agreed. So uh, I was thrilled to do it. Phenomenal cast. And uh, I think it came out this Friday. Yeah. And really great cast. And and hope it does well, well for Well, thank you for doing that, because one of my favorite shows, all the Lost Boys is obviously first, well, but it, it, so many of the new generation, the youngsters might not get to watch the original until they watch this one, and then they go back and watch the original. Well, one other quick question, what do you have coming up musically? you have a new record coming out? Uh, we do, we're, we're in the middle of the, of the second record, uh, probably be, writing's pretty much finished. Uh, hopefully the record will be out by March, because we start touring in April, so. Regardless, because I'm doing a television show called Designated Survivor. That's right. We and know I'm going to be working that. on that till then. And so almost all of our dates from here till then will be one-offs, and then we hit it really hard. But we still manage to do 125 dates a year. How do you do it, man? Because I know you're, you're leaving here right now and flying to New York City from Kentucky mm-hmm. for, what, a night? 
and then it's off to so I mean in the end if it matters to you you figure it out yeah yeah and it matters to me oh well Keeper Sutherland congratulations can't tell you how thrilled we are to have you on the show Good, man. man absolute pleasure kick some serious ass today thank on stage thank you so much and I have to tell you have the most beautiful sun hat I've seen all weekend oh, oh thank you sure. oh you mean hers yeah oh. Bye. everybody else got your sun hat dude <laughs> see real pleasure thank thanks you. guys take care walking in the wrong direction Hi guys, it's Emma from Drinky Fun Time and there's something I really need to share with you guys. Finding the right hair colour is the absolute bane of my existence. Now, not only are hair salons horribly expensive, I've wasted way too much time in there flicking through some tattered three-month-old celebrity magazine. I've even tried drugstore box hair dyes. The shades are so unpredictable. I don't know what I'm going to get. I've wasted so much money and I often end up with colours that just don't suit my skin tone. They don't match my brow colour. But thankfully, I have found a solution. E-Salon offers professional-grade, completely personalised hair colour created just for you, and it's delivered right to your door. You go online at eSalon, you just fill out a questionnaire, upload your photo, and your personal colorist will formulate your individually blended color from over 15,000 pigments. So basically, you have a salon quality personal touch right at your fingertips, and you've not even left home. Your unique eSalon color then gets shipped quickly and delivered to your door with your name on the bottle and instructions on how to get your hair the way you want it. And if you have any questions, the hair experts at eSalon are just a or an email away they get back to you really quickly honestly it could not be easier and if you want something a little bit different next time just ask eSalon understands you want it just right so don't ever let your color fade they'll even cover pesky grays trust me i know i've got loads of them plus there's a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee so if you're not totally happy with your color eSalon will give you either a free reformulation or a complete refund. It really is bloody brilliant. Get 50% off your first box at eSalon.com slash drinky. That's D-R-I-N-K-Y now. That's just $10 for your personalized hair color. eSalon.com slash drinky. Fantastic Negrito, who I have the great pleasure of sitting right next to. Thank 
you for joining us. That was In the Pines. And that was. What a soothing, bluesy song we just have there. I've, Thank you. I've, I've, I've been watching you on the YouTube, forgive okay. me. Uh, you've got quite a wide range, and that's a, a bluesier one. What is your style? I call my style like Black Roots for everyone. Oh, yeah. Black Roots <laughs> for music for everyone. You got to do it like that. Yeah. We live in like a weird society now where everything's compartmentalized. How were you? You were the second. Were you second on the stage today? You opened. I'm a recovering narcissist. I'm the ah. first. I'm the refer first at everything. That's right. He was, so that's was, why they get him. In my mind, I was the first. And you killed it. You killed it in your set today. And then you got up, and then you got up with ZZ Ward mm. and also played and also killed it again. You commanded the stage when you're up there i'm in a supporting role is this a the you when you're here in a place like you play kentucky before i believe i played on the waterfront okay. about a year and a half ago but you're from massachusetts right from oakland california i was born in massachusetts, born in massachusetts. Ah. but then they hiked my ass to uh, oakland california to oakland california was that a bad thing no it was a great thing uh, Got to be around Massachusetts and Western Mass. It's all a bunch of white people. It was great. You got to soak up the whiteness. <laughs> <laughs> then you got to go to Oakland, California and soak up the blackness. I don't know. No, it's just fun. It's, it's all fun. It's, you got to soak up everything. I just spent two months in Europe. I spent a month Did in you? Japan. You soak it up. You're, no, you're a voice for everyone. I love that. I'm from Europe. I'm from the UK. And, I love um, the UK. I've spent quite a bit of time you there. You have. How do, they, how do they receive you in the UK? You know, I want to say this about the UK. They're the smartest audience in the world and I went there initially I was opening uh, for Chris Cornell I got a call from Chris and yeah. he's like oh man he's like man I saw you on YouTube man man I couldn't stop watching it you know he's like you're a force he used to always wow. say that and so I went and I was like man I was a little bit scared because I thought me and Chris Cornell it's going to be odd but Chris is much smarter than all of us and he was like it's going to work man so I went to Norway and that's where I, I started playing with Chris we did one tour I thought it was done. He called me again. Hey, man, you want to? I'm doing the States now. Do you want to do the States with me? And I was like, yeah. So we did the States, and I thought it was over. He called me again. At this point, I start calling him Christmas Cornell. <laughs> and um, we used Aww. to make a joke about that because it was, every time he called me, it was good news. And then we, he said, me and the guys were talking, the guys, and we, we, we were thinking you should get your band together and open for Temple of the Dog. So then we had the honor of uh, you know, being the only uh, artists ever to open for the only Temple of the Dog tour. That, so wait, that was wh it. What time period is this, though? This is last year. Okay. Wow. Wow. A lot man. happened. It's been now, a, did Eddie go? Did Eddie do Eddie that, Eddie didn't too? go. Eddie didn't do that. No, okay, it was, just, it was just uh, Chris and then... Chris uh, and the boys. And uh, a couple of the guys from Pearl Jam were in there. It was like, uh, yeah, uh, they were in it. It was like... Um, um, uh, Jeff, Drummer, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Ahmed, yeah. uh, Stone Gossard. Stone Gossard, yeah. Um... Uh, uh, Matt on the drums. Matt, Matt Cameron. Yeah, Matt yeah, Cameron. From Soundgarden. Too. Right. And, and then, um, uh, for other Pearl Jam guy. Oh. So you know that if people, if you don't know, if you're listening out there, Temple the Dog was a band that came about after, uh, God damn, what's his name? Soundgarden. Uh, he, he killed Andy. himself. Andy. Andy Wood. Andy Wood. Died. And then they did this band. And they and that's kind of, that was Eddie Vedder's start. They brought right. Eddie up. They didn't know Eddie. And it was like, I think I think Stone and and uh, Jeff, Jeff knew, knew uh, Chris. Right. And then like, oh, we bring this guy up. Eddie came up and then and now right. it's all here. That must have been an amazing experience, right? It's an amazing experience. It's, uh, I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from Chris, period. I mean, I just, even m the way I sing, just watching him and talking to him and he'd tell me all, the, all of his secrets. And so I learned a lot from him. And I, I felt like he was kind of like my big brother. Mm. 
Damn, he man. really took me under his wing, and he was like, man, he looked at me and he said, listen to me. He said, I'm going to introduce you to the world. I'm going to introduce you, man, and that's what he did. He I was mean, in line, no. He was in line. I mean, I, every, everyone that came up to me today, was, they're from Chris Cornell. Were you shocked? Because, I, I, I mean, I don't know him, but well, first, I, I, was, I was shocked, man. I knew well, Chris Cornell seemed like a... I got to leave that up for people. My feelings about him or my feelings about him it was sure. very close to me, and I just yeah. leave that sure. between us. And uh, he, he's, he's still touching us. I mean, everyone that has supported me, when I won the Grammy, I, I was like, man, you know, Chris, that's... A, you had me out there, man. Wow. Like I would have been doing something else, but because you had uh, supported me in this, um, and I had your endorsement, and that was huge to me. And I, oh, I love him a lot. Yeah, he literally put food on the table. Wow. I used to, yeah, I used to always joke. Were, were you a Soundgarden fan? Do you ever course, like early yeah. Soundgarden yeah. and stuff? Like Come you on. know, hey, when that sound came to us back in the day, '91, you know, we were all in the hood, but we all were like, shit. They finally made some good rock because it was just like yeah. Bad Motor Finger and man, some all that, that stuff. Man, yeah. Outshined, like all oh, that yeah. shit, man. We love that shit. And uh, Nirvana, just that was such a, a great. It was again, it was doing what Chris and now I'm, I'm opening for Sturgill Simpson, who was another guy. It's like great. we're just like yeah. we're all doing, and they're doing. They got a lot of credit for saying, forget the genre, forget the style. Look, the music moves people. That's what we want to do. Yeah. And I remember Chris was like, man, you're doing kind of like, in Seattle, it's the same attitude. Like, you, you're just making the music, like not giving a fuck and not caring about, hey, where is this going to go? And just, you know, connecting with people. And that's, mm -hmm. uh, it's important uh, for me to carry that on. Yeah. Sturgill did a cover, right? He covered, uh, he did uh, a Nirvana song. He yeah, did in Bloom. Yes. That's right, man. And that's what I love is like, that's sort of genre bending, his version yeah, of that. Yeah, who cares about genre? But it's like, man, yeah. it just, you know, yeah. love it that all that. Yeah, we're all doing I mean, I'm going in front of his crowd. They don't know me. It's great. It was just, you know, got some cowboy hats. and It's great. What an inspiring way to look at this. Like, I, I guess I was asking, you know, you have such a wide, um, like your style is mm. eclectic and and it seemed to me that you were not afraid to take on any different styles like everything will work and you were saying forget genres and you're so right it's about songs I mean I, I three years ago I was busking in front of pizza joints and uh, those are the best gigs I ever had mm. I was playing at train stations because you're playing your music for people who don't want to hear it and when you can connect with those people like when I wrote The Last Days of Oakland that album yeah I really wrote it on the street because I was trying to connect with these people getting off the train. Yeah. And because that's what music is really there is. It's medicinal. It's, uh, it's to, so that we connect. Has anyone else had a big influence on you and your stuff? Oh, of course. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. Anyone in particular? By, I mean, anyone, uh, anyone from, uh, I don't know, <laughs> Led Zeppelin? Oh, of course. Uh, Robert Plant. <laughs> you, you met Robert Plant. Right? Met Robert, How yeah. is that? Well, it was great. Again, because of Chris Cornell, I was with Chris. We are playing the Royal Albert Hall, which, you know, it's a big thing. Sure. But, you know, someone had pulled me away to play a small bar in um, Stourport, which is outside of Birmingham. And, you know, I'm playing. I just said, hey, this is cool. Look, this is, this is a pub. Is this in the UK? Yeah. yeah. Stockport. St am I saying it right? Stockport. Stockport. I know yeah. very well. I thought it was Stourport, man. <laughs> they have a lot of canals. Had another canal. <laughs> Maybe it's the way you guys say it, too. But, yeah, I'm just playing, like, about the second. No, the first song, in comes this, like, figure and I look up hey that's I've seen him that's Robert Plant. oh my god how do you oh feel when god. that happened? I, I felt at first a little bit like uh, but I was like oh wait a minute I do what I do you know he does what he does and, it's, and it, it was a great uh, honor and a great conversation and I mean that's a, a kind of, that's kind of a voice where when you look you look at that progression from a Robert Plant 
Chris Cornell's right in that that same 100%. lineage, that same 100%. lineage, great rock and roll kind of singers, voice yeah. where you just go. And now, so what do you got going on next? That you, you well, now I'm uh, I'm uh, as I said, I'm on tour with Sturgill. We're heading the Red Rocks. I think that uh, tour has about five or six more dates, and um, just um, you know, still working off the last days of Oakland. I have a single out called Push Back, and um, then I'm going to make another album in November. Oh, which I'm looking forward to. Is it true? And, uh, it, it, it's just great to, you know, you make this music, and not, I mean, I put the Grammy away. I don't even have it anymore. No. Can we just talk about that? For just a make second, the music, right? man, and like I think that means. So much. It's great to get the Grammys. Hey, especially with no label. Yeah. With not. What? Yeah, no label. I won that Grammy with no. Wow. I went up there and it was. I think me and Chance the rapper. We're the only wow. two people. I think in the history of the Grammys. So you released that one on on your own. Come on. Just yeah. a dude from Oakland. <laughs> and you just went home and were like, okay, put this away. Next. It's like a new day. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't keep the Grammy around because it's a distraction. And I don't think about it anymore. And I like that. You just. Get out there and make that music connect with people, man. That's our job. Our, people need artists now, like, you know, more than ever. You don't feel so. You don't feel any pressure from that. Like no. you, you, you won the Grammy for for it was like contemporary Could blues. Best right? contemporary yeah. blues album you, of the year. So now you're not. It doesn't creep into your consciousness. At not all. interested. That's great, man. It was when I was like I was like playing some stuff and I just turn around. And it would be there all the time. I'm like I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> I need to go at like 3 a.m. in front of the donut shop and play and. What I would love is some of the homeless guys to be hanging around in Oakland. They have, like, deep southern roots. And they were like my a &R. No kidding. Yeah, I knew when I had them, I had something. Oh, and that's I'd be great, like, oh, man. shit, let me sit over here. You ever, think, you ever think about going back out on the street and just playing well, sometimes? Well, I, I sneak out and do it now. Just do, you got to do it real late. But everybody's got to know who you well, are you gotta now, do right? Well, you got to do, wear a couple hats and you got to. <laughs> if you had to choose Donut Shop or Pizza, how, uh, which one would you go with? They're both dangerous because <laughs> you want to eat that stuff. But I, I like the pizza joint. The pizza way. joint was, was. Thank you very much. The pizza joint was cool. Was were, you, were you ever scared on the street? Was it ever? Was it I'm ever scared all the time as an artist? You're scared before I get on stage. It's Why like, are you yeah. scared? Well, You're fabulous. See. Well, I mean, you know, half of you knows that, but the other half is this insecurity. You I even watched a Paul McCartney interview and he talked about his insecurity, and I felt good. Yeah, it's, I think that's what keeps you where you are. Is there's a great deal of confidence mixed with a great deal of insecurity, which sometimes mixes with a lot of drugs and alcohol. <laughs> and um, you just got to uh, walk towards the light. I think you're an incredible inspiration. For somebody who wins a Grammy with no label and then puts it away in the cupboard, not to be reminded. Put because it away. Pack it away. Every day is a new day. Every day is a new day. And this is that last days of Oakland. That was that. I have no interest in doing that record again. Do something else. Hmm. Be a contributor. I want to listen to a little bit more of your music as we as we go out of here. I want to say thank you, Fantastic Negrito, for coming on to the show and for kicking some ass today on stage. It was really, yeah, it was really, really, really great to watch you up there and the, the energy and you know the way the crowd was responding was fantastic. Well, it's great to be in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh oh, what do we got? This is like my the song that I first broke me. It's called An Honest Man. I love it. I always tell the ladies, you're going to meet someone you never met before I sing this song. An honest man. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know what I'm <laughs> Fantastic to greet everybody. Thank you. Thank you. So Thank you. Thank you. Every time that I get the chance, I'm a human. No. But remember first, I'm a man. You painted pictures for me. 
can't believe how many people are here in Kentucky at Bourbon and Beyond. And guess who's walking by while we're sitting here? From Top Chef, Carla Hall. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Woo! I mean, for a start, how in the world you've got time to speak to us? Because here you are. I mean, not only are you incredibly busy anyway, but you're cooking for thousands of people. Yeah, so we, I was cooking. I did a book signing. I did the gospel brunch, which was amazing. And then a demo. And here I am. But let me tell you, everybody has been so friendly. The people here in Louisville and at this festival have been so friendly. So the reason I'm running here, because I would have been here earlier because I was hugging people and taking pictures and we were chatting <laughs> about biscuits and stuff. It, does it feel like you're... Like your home, as in like everyone here is like the reason you do what you do. Yeah, well, I'm from Nashville, so it does feel like an extension of home for me. Mm. And, you know, there's nothing like a Southerner because we don't meet any strangers and we have that mentality of do drop in, whether you're dropping in on a conversation like I am here or whether you're dropping in at the table because there's food or you're dropping in to have a drink. It's the do drop in mentality. And I love that. <laughs> Completely. Yeah, absolutely. And we have not ate enough food, by the way. We have not. This Carla, is, what are you food? Oh, my God, I don't know. Goodness. I know. I, I used to watch you on Top Chef, and you would make the most amazing dishes. Very down home. Yes. Like, I could use some of that right now. I really could. So today what I made, I made these hot chicken bites with no, biscuits. don't do this to me and right then I'm, Oh, I'm going to do it to you. I'm going to do it to you. So we brined this chicken in pickle juice, and then we have this um, spice mixture, and then we fried it in a, a, a spiced dr uh, dredging, and then I tossed the, the mini biscuits and the chicken in this spicy honey. It was like our hot oil and meets honey, and so it's this sweet heat, and we toss it in there and then put pickles on top. Sorry, you didn't get any. The intensity <laughs> that I'm staring at you at right now, I'm like, uh, well, I know. I feel like I'm, it's like those eyes are daggers. You're gonna, I need to know I something. Because yes. I'm pretty sure I always think about my mom and my sister. Um, when you brine something with pickle, yeah. pickle juice, mm -hmm. is that, how long do you do that for? Um, it depends on how salty the pickles are. So sometimes I take pickle juice and habaneros and I do it for about at least four hours, maybe six, because you don't want to do it so much where you lose the integrity of the chicken and becomes kind of cooked in that pickle juice. So I say six hours max. Wow. You know, I got to tell you, I've been pickled for 48 hours since I've been I here. I know you guys yeah. are drinking. I mean, you're like, you start talking about pickle goodness. juice. Man. Like bourbon pickled. But Carla, you know you what goes really well with whiskey? What? Is pickle juice. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, do the does. pickleback. You know the pickleback? You don't know this thing? Oh my god, I don't drink. Oh, that's right, you don't. What's we a pickleback? Do you do a shot of whiskey, uh, often scotch, but uh, you do a shot of whiskey and then you do a shot of pickle juice right after. What? It. And this is pickleback. why it's brilliant. It completely neutralizes any taste in your mouth. So you've just done the whiskey, which is often burny sometimes if you do a shot. And the, the pickleback, it just dissolves all that. It just melts away yeah. and you feel great. <gasps> the unfortunate side is you think you could do another one. Oh, but you can't. Nope. Did you find that out? Well, I have. 
It's oh. just all research. It's <laughs> oh. research. Okay, I'm going to make this all about me. Sorry, Dan. No, I, I, I'm actually you? loving this cooking talk because I need, I'm so hungry. Oh, he's already made <laughs> yeah, it about no, Please keep going. I'm... I'm a big fan of chicken wings, yes. and I, until I moved to America, I didn't know that it was a meal. You can have many of them, and that's a meal. Yeah. Uh, where are your favorite chicken wings in America? Oh, wow. My favorite chicken wings. Oh, there is this place in D.C. that was like fish wings and tings. It was like fish wings and tings, and it had lots of wings and tings and stuff. <laughs> uh, there was from Jamaica. Um, and I'm trying to think. There's a, oh, there's a place, honestly, in D.C., and they do these Korean barbecue wings. And they take they like take the bones out and they stuff them. So imagine a boneless wing and it's really crispy and it's spicy, but you have stuff inside and don't have to worry about those pesky bones. <laughs> but there is a way to actually eat your chicken wings where you take those double bones in in like the the half joint and if you hold the wing because I know it's hot and you pull out the two bones right and then you can just pop the whole thing in your mouth and it is so amazing. Are you with me? I'm Emma with you. is the I'm most excited you. I've ever seen her in her life right now. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of chicken wings. I've yes. watched YouTube videos of how to eat them really quick. Not that I want to rush it, but and I've been, I've done interviews because I, I'm a journalist. I've, I've actually gone and interviewed people and said, "Can we eat chicken wings while we do the oh, interview?" Oh well, gosh, of course. And just to see how they handle it, because I think if you can like work a bone, yeah, don't leave any meat. It's all about working the bone. Then I'm, I'm sorry. That's what I've yeah, always you're said. A, you're a thoroughly uh, good person. What, what would be the what would be the recipe quickly for Emma if Emma was going to try to do some Carl Hall uh, chicken wings? What would they be? How would you all do right, it? All right. So um, I'm going to say, down, Emma, um, Emma, do you like spicy or not? I like spicy. Okay, we're going to do that same pickle juice, but we're going to instead of just the pickle juice, we're going to take pickles and we're going to take the pickle juice and then we're going to take habanero. We're going to take a little bit of salt and a little bit of sugar and we're going to whiz that in the blender and then it's going to be the um, the marinade for your chicken wings. So now you have spicy and you have the pickle, okay? okay? So to go with that, you're going to take those out. You're going to take um, um, a mixture of onion powder, garlic powder, cayenne, and paprika, and salt. You're going to mix that up. That mixture is going to go on the wings to put on top of what you already had in the marinade. Part of that is going to go into the flour dredge. You're going to marinate. You're going to, you're going to toss it on the wings. You're going to go into the flour. But also what's going to happen with that pickle juice, you're just going to allow the flour to stick onto the chicken wings you're going to get a little bit of crisp and so you take that out and you just you're going to shake it but you're going to get the excess off you're going to go to some oil a very neutral oil because you already have that flavor that's already on so you know what I like rice bran oil because it has a high flash point and it also doesn't absorb into the chicken so it's going to be really crispy and it's going to be very neutral and very nice because you already have the flavor that you have on your chicken you need to add any more flavor and then you go into this rice bran oil it's going to be at about 360 degrees to 370 because you don't want them to cook too much but (laughs) you do want them to cook so they are so crispy and so delicious and, and the juice stays in the chicken but it's going to be crispy on the outside you're going to take those out of the oil you're going <laughs> to shake, shake, shake make sure it's out of the oil and then you're going to go into all of this hot oil that has some of those same flavors but you're going to have the extra shot of cayenne pepper and if you like it really hot you're going to do habanero flat power uh, habanero powder and then you're going to take some honey because it's going to be sweet because you really want some of that sweet to balance out some of that heat and then it's in your hands and however you eat them, whether you take the joints apart because it's a full wing and you're going to do whatever you do to the wing to enjoy it. And Emma's writhing on the floor right now. Look at this. I've, I've never seen I this much. She's crying. In my eyes. She's crying right now. This that is was like gospel. Carla, it was. The, Carla, of all the things that have happened on this show that Emma's been excited about, and she's been very excited and enthused about. That was amazing. I've never seen her 
enthralled <laughs> to the level of the, I thought she was going to like just fall over on the like she's crying. Look at her, she's crying right now. She's actually crying. You really like chicken wings. <laughs> I really like chicken wings. It's <laughs> ah, awesome. She's tearing up. And I don't know where we go from there, really. Uh, Thank you. You're so welcome. Carla Hall. What do you got going now? Tell us. Tell us. Um, we're on the seventh season of The Chew. Our cookbook just came out. I think it's our fifth cookbook on The Chew. And we're having a good time with Mario Batali, Michael Simon, and Clinton Kelly. And uh, it's just been really fun. And we're, I'm just on this beautiful, amazing, blessed ride. And it really, it, it's so great because you were on, I think, the fifth season of Top Chef. And yes. I remember it. It was probably but it, good, almost 10 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. it was um, 2007. I was on the fifth season. And I was on season eight with All Stars in 2011. And yeah. uh, it was amazing. Wow. Was, I remember was, watching you on the first season. And, and, and there's people you just sort of instinctively gravitate towards. And you think, man, I hope... She does well. And guess what? You she have did. done very well. <laughs> you've made you've made You've made Emma's year. If nothing else, if you've I, accomplished it, nothing in your career, you made her cry <laughs> over a chicken wing. Oh my God. She's crying over a chicken wing. You were meant to do what you're doing, lady. You're amazing. Thank, thank you. you so much. For well, we need people show. who love it, love what we do. And so thank you for being on the other side of this. And this has been amazing. I'm glad that I got to sit down and chat with you guys. Thank you, girl. Bourbon and beyond, folks. Yeah. yeah. Hello, I'm Kyle Ayers. I'm the host of Never Seen It, the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies and TV shows they've never seen, and then we give them a read in studio. This is a clip I want to play for you guys from an episode where Langston Kerman rewrites Scarface. He's never seen it, but he wrote a script based on what he thinks he knows about it. And here's a clip. Give it a listen. All right. Scarface, the new frontier. Interior, happening discotheque. Remember when we call clubs discotheques? <laughs> LOL. No. The 70s were crazy. Night. <laughs> the crowd bustles with young, hot Mexicans who are supposed to be Cuban and all are dressed in butterfly collared shirts and pants that look like Jinko jeans and pleated khakis had a really weird baby. <laughs> There's sex in the air and Poppy wants a whiff. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Scarface, 22 to 45. <laughs> like he's a television audience demographic? Devilishly handsome. Not even a little bit Italian looking, so get that out of your dumb brain. Walks through the crowd with the confidence of a man who's going on MTV Cribs with the Yin Yang Twins. Does he actually have a scar on his face? Fuck no. Why would, he even, why would you even ask that? That's not important. What's important is that he is not at all a problematic stereotype and that he has come for his cocaine. As he approaches the red rope of the VIP, pronounced ve-a-pe in Spanish, oh my God. he spots his dear friend who is almost certainly going to become his enemy by the end of the film, Smooth Skin. Scarface yells out his signature line. <laughs> Ciao, Bella. It's me, Scarface. Oh, my God. 